<clears throat> All right. Good morning, everybody uh, who is not on here. <laughs> uh, it is eight o'clock in the morning uh, again on Tuesday, and uh, we are doing God stories, whether somebody comes on here or not. <laughs> And uh, I wanted to read a couple of, of scriptures this morning because uh, I feel like it's still important to to uh, read scripture because a lot of the things that I've experienced with Jesus, uh, it's well, everything that I've experienced with Jesus is, has been scriptural most of the time. But if uh, you have a real experience with the Lord, it, it's going to be scriptural. It's going to be in the word of God. And uh and I just want to read a couple of, of scriptures that will help kind of sum up what uh, I had to go through in this one visitation uh, that I encountered uh, walking with the Lord. Uh, there's one in Hebrews 9, uh, or Hebrews 5. It says, though he were a son, verse 8, though he were a son, yet learned, yet learned he obedience by the things he suffered. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we don't think that we're going to suffer when we learn obedience, but there, there's a lot of things that you have to suffer through learning obedience, isn't there? Uh, there's things that you, when growing up, when you're with your mom or your dad, they would ask you or tell you to do something and you really didn't want to do it, but you did it anyway. And so you had to suffer through your own temptations to, you know, wanting to balk their authority, uh, and sometimes you, as you get older, having to do the truth, you know, sometimes you end up taking hits for, uh, through other people. I have that all the time, uh, when you're having to share the truth and, and new revelations of Jesus that people have not heard. Some of those with religious spirits will write about you and, you know, and bash your name and all kinds of things. And, uh, but you'd rather be obedience to the Lord than obedience to fear or the fear of man. And so there's times where you do suffer uh, when you're learning obedience, just as the Lord did, because if the Lord suffered and learned obedience through the things, with things that he suffered, uh, we're going to do it as well. And boy, these days, especially in America, you know, there's a lot of doctrine out there that subconsciously teaches if you're walking with the Lord, you never suffer. Uh, that's a doctrine of devil, but uh, we'll, we won't talk about that. But and there's a there's another scripture uh, as he, that he taught me in the, these things. Uh, this experience is, comes out of Matthew five and and verse twenty nine. I'm just you know paraphrasing some of this because uh, and I don't want to read all the scriptures because I, I don't want to take up your time. But it says this was the Lord, and it says and and if you're if thy right eye offends thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cast it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And uh, one of the things that I, that he taught me here through this experience that I had was that uh, if you if you have extreme sin going on, uh, extreme addictions and things of that nature, 
just as ex- ex- just as extreme that sin is attacking your life or you're letting it attack your life, you've got to be extreme cutting it off. And uh, that happened to me, uh, especially I remember the first time that happened I, while I was, when the Lord was dealing me, with me playing golf, uh, I was so used to, uh, I loved wearing sharp clothes and all this, these things. And I had these, you know, 500 something dollar golf shoes and, you know, and my whole mind was in things, you know, uh, and, uh, I had to start actually, uh, giving my things away, even new clothes, uh, new clubs and, and things of that nature. I had to literally start getting extreme on cutting it off. Now, anybody else would say, well, that's religious. Well, you can call it anything you want, but, uh, we all have certain extreme sins, certain extreme things that hold us in bondage. And so you have to be extreme in cutting it off. It doesn't matter what you have to do. You need to cut it off. And, uh, and I've taught that several times with people that deal with sin or deal with addictions. You've got to be extreme with it. I mean, you have got to cut something off and leave it. And, uh, sometimes people will think you're crazy, you know, and why you're doing it this way. But, uh, that's the way you do it. I mean, that's the way the Lord was saying to do. I mean, if your right eye offends thee, pluck it out. He's not just talking about, he's not talking about just physically, okay, my, my, this eyes offended me and I'm going to pull it out. And he's just saying, you've got to be extreme about it. Here's another one. Uh, and I love this one. If we confess our sins, he is, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We'll get to that in just a minute. Here's another one in John eight thirty two. It says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall uh, make you free. <sighs> truth always sets you free. Even sometimes when you don't feel like sharing it or you don't, don't want to share truthful things about your sins and about sometimes the Lord will get you into saying you have to get Brad or you have to get into details and tell the real truth of what you've done. And man, you can feel your flesh. You can feel your carnal mind not wanting to set you free. You can feel it. You start making all kinds of excuses saying, well, the Lord's forgiven me. I'm forgiven. Well, no, there's sometimes you have to actually to get rid of that stronghold, to get rid of that addiction of, of hiding or staying in darkness. You have to confess these things. And sometimes when you start to, the Lord starts telling you to confess them, it's not to make you embarrassed. It's actually to get you free uh, from the bondage that has actually been uh, keeping you down. Then there's one more. Uh, there's a scripture in Matthew 21 uh, where these the Pharisees or the chief priests come to him and the elders and they said, by what authority does these things, uh, do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which of ye tell me I and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things? And of course, <clears throat> They didn't really answer him, and so he didn't answer them as well. In other words, they weren't truthful to the Lord, and so the Lord will not answer them. And that that has happened to me quite a, time, a few times in my life where I've made excuses in my life to not tell the truth, and so the Lord doesn't speak to me. It closes up uh, the heavens over me 
because I'm choosing to close up and not be open to the Lord and to his word. And so this is a situation where they're not being truthful to the Lord. And so the Lord's not going to be truthful to him. And the Lord really showed me through my experiences uh, that if I'm not really truthful to the Lord, even in the open air, uh, then it closes things up for me in the realms of the, of the heavens to have knowledge and truth and the voice of the Lord to speak to me. And I learned these things through uh, things that I suffered, not things that I, you know, uh, excelled in. <clears throat> I had to learn them through suffering. And I still learn them today. If you're, if you're a leader, uh, you're going to definitely go the rest of your life having to learn. And, and if you're going to be a forerunner, you have to learn new things. And that, a lot of times learning new things, you, you fail, you make mistakes and you have to be real. You have to get open. And so I want to go to this, uh, one encounter that I had. It's the same encounter that, that I had, uh, that I talked about, a a being, you know, showing up in my hotel and the Lord telling me, after I went out and rebuked it, you know, I'm sure some of you guys remember that. Uh, if you're following the God stories, you know, when I came back after rebuking it, the Lord asked me, he said, uh, did you see me get up? Because he didn't go out and rebuke that, that demonic entity. Well, that, that <clears throat> during that same time, that same incident, after all that happened, he got to talking to me in my hotel room and, uh, I grabbed my pen and paper and I was writing things down after I'd repented and gone through uh, feeling bad for what I'd done. And uh, <clears throat> when I started started writing things down, the Lord just in a gentle way, uh, he said, Brad, I want to give you a list of things to do. You know, and uh, when the Lord starts talking to you that way, you can feel this love, uh, just adoration not that's coming from him, uh, that's coming off of him, even with his words. And you're thinking, man, this is going to be great. Uh, he's wanting me to do something for the Lord. And man, I was just so excited. I was tearing up because the Lord was wanting me to do something for him. And, uh, I said, Lord, you just tell me, I'll, I'll write it down. He goes, Oh, that's good. We're, I want you to write this list down. So I get, I start writing the, I start to uh, wait for him to speak his first list or first statement. And as I go to write, he says, he said, do you remember using your gift on your own and without my will? And I kind of paused and I could feel myself stirring, you know, inside. I said, yes, sir. I used it many times. He said, well, he said, there's some things that you have to go back and make things right. If not, it can ruin your future. And now I'm really starting to stir. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard the voice of the Lord tell you something like that. And then you, you kind of let it go and you move on. He, later on that you realize the Lord was trying to actually help you in your future. And I, I truly believe that if I hadn't have done these things that he told me to do, I think it would have ruined my future or at least caused a major stumbling block in my life. And I said, okay. I said, uh, 
yes, uh, what do you want me to do? And he, he said, uh, well, he said, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to go uh, tell, and I, won't, I won't, don't want to mention his real name, but I'll, let's just call him uh, Joe. He said, I want you to go tell Joe that you stole $60,000 from him with your gift. And he said, he said, do you remember when you did that? And of course, when God gives you, ask you that, it comes to you pretty quickly. And I remember sitting down at, uh, at the, at, at the Winston race raceway in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. And I was eating lunch with this man. And uh, my gift was that I could hear some of, I, one of my gifts was that I could hear people's thoughts. And we were trying to negotiate, you know, the next year of sponsorship and, and uh, raising money again for sponsorship. And, and I was there to, to talk to him about that. And we're sitting there eating dinner and this whole scenario goes on in my head. And, and I remember listening for this man's thoughts. And, uh, I heard him say, well, I could give him 60,000 to start with. And of course I said, you know what, uh, Joe, uh, I think 60,000 could start it, you know, and, and he goes, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and, uh, I kind of, I manipulated, uh, that scenario to get the money that I needed to start the next year. And, uh, but this whole scenario went in my head when I was, when the Lord had mentioned it. And, uh, man, uh, even though the Lord was sitting in my, <laughs> in my room, of course, he's always sitting in your room, believe it or not. He's, he never leaves you or forsake you. It's just our, our hearts and our heads are sometimes so hard to this world. We can't, uh, feel him. We can't sense him unless we're in a religious setting, you know, and then our hearts turn to that traditional setting to get open with the Lord. But the Lord doesn't want a traditional setting anymore to get us open. He wants us to be open all the time, but we won't talk about that. But, uh, when he first mentioned that and he, he mentioned it after that, he mentioned a few more and then we'll get to that maybe later on down the God stories. But, uh, he gave me about 10 things to do. And my mind is, is feeling so bad. Uh, I, I'm saying, I'm so sorry, Lord, please forgive me. And he, he, he was so humble and so kind. He said, I forgive you, Brad. I have forgiven you. Uh, you are forgiven, but you have to go and make these things right. You have to go and confess your sins, uh, to Joe. And I thought, man, this is going to be tough. They're going to, he's going to kill me because this man was very wealthy. Uh, he knew a lot of people. Uh, it could ruin me forever, you know, but I'd rather be ruined forever by this world than to be ruined for eternity through God, you know, not missing what God's commanding me to do. And so, uh, I am apologizing the whole time as he's giving me these lists to do. And that it's all truthful things that I had just put in the dark that I'd put on the shelf saying, God's forgiven me, you know, and, and he had forgiven me, but I had to actually do my, uh, my part into confessing my sins, uh, to those people that I had actually sinned against. 
and build a bridge, you know, and that, that truth, those truths would actually set me free in a dimension where I had actually hidden things in my life. And, uh, <clears throat> man, I'll never forget it. I drove back. I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time in the, my hotel room when he was telling me that. And, and I'm driving back to Charlotte the next day and I'm trying to worship with the Lord, but I'm, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever, you ever played out scenarios in your head when, when you know, you got to go and confess something to somebody or, uh, you know, the truth is just eating you alive, you know? And I've, I played out scenarios the whole time while I was driving back to Charlotte. <clears throat> and, uh, the next day I called my friend up. And I, I said, hey, I need to come and see you. He said, oh, yeah, no problem. And he was a really good friend. We'd been friends for, for years. And and I walked into his law office, and uh, he said, sit down, boy. And I'm sitting down, and he said, what can I do for you? And I said, well, Joe, I, I got to confess something to you. And, man, I'm feeling it. I am actually suffering. Uh, I'm learning obedience through the things that I suffer. And, uh, and I'm bringing something out of darkness into light. But if you're going to be a disciple of God, you're going to do all of your works in the light, not in the darkness. And, uh, and I'm standing, sitting there and I said, listen, I've got to tell you something. You're probably not going to like it. Uh, but God's really working in my life and his face kind of turned a little bit, uh, into something that wasn't good. And, uh, I said, do you remember, uh, us being at the Winston, uh, racetrack when we were eating lunch together? He goes, Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was a good time. That was the time when we were negotiating, trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next year. I said, yes, sir. I said, well, I, I've got to tell you something. Uh, when you, I said, when you went to grab your glass and, and drink your water, uh, you thought that you could give me $60,000 to start with. And the thing about it is when I told him that he remembered it. And of course I know now the Lord's letting him remember. He goes, Matter of fact, yes, I do remember that. I said, well, when you thought of that thought, I heard it. And that's why I mentioned $60,000 to start with, because you actually said that in your head. And basically, I stole $60,000 from you by manipulating you to give it to me because I could hear your thought. And I just want to tell you, um, uh, I'm sorry. And his face turned so red. I can't tell you how red it was. It was so bad. Uh, and he looked at me and he called me every name in the book. Uh, and I can't even repeat some of them. I mean, it was so bad. And he told me, I'm going to ruin your name. I can't believe all these years I've trusted you, blah, blah, blah and uh get out of my office i mean he'd kick me out of his office and man i'm just feeling horrible i'm still telling him i'm sorry joe 
I really am. I, I, I don't want us to lose friendship. He said, you've already lost it, boy, and, and just threw me out. His secretary, I knew his secretary for, you know, for many years, and she just was just flabbergasted what was going on. And uh, I went out to my car and cranked my car and got out of there. And, man, as I was driving, I'm crying. I mean, I'm just running down with tears, just bawling. And I'm saying, Lord, I did what you told me. This is so painful. And when I said that, the presence of God, the intensity of the pain of cutting that thing off in me, as it was, you know, he says, you know, if your right hand makes you stumble or offends you or whatever, it uh, makes you sin, causes you to sin, you got to cut it off, that extreme sin. Well, that extreme presence of God came and replaced that. I can't tell you how supernatural that was because when I was crying, I said, Lord, you know, I, I did what you told me. Help me, you know, please bless Charlie. He's and Lord, I, I feel like he's, I'm going to lose my name and, and I'm just crying to the Lord and, and the presence of God fills my car. And I go from crying about the situation to crying because I'm so happy that the Lord's there hugging me. You know, and and that presence stayed with me for like days. It's like it held me up in the area where sin was holding me up, and uh, and I felt clothed again. You know, I didn't feel naked because sometimes when you hold secret sin, you're just naked. You're in a place of sin, and and if you don't get it out, you can't be covered by the Lord. You know, and. Uh, that's the way we should be with each other. We can, we should be able to confess our sins in church or with each other. And we be like that presence where we cover each other, hold each other for days, help it restore each other as we're walking things out, because that's the way I felt, you know, that's an area that I'd fallen in and the Lord was re renewing me, restoring me. And the way he was restoring me was giving him, giving me more of his presence. After I did something truthful and painful, uh, he, he stayed with me for days, restoring me and giving me revelation of what I did and, uh, and how proud he was of me. And boy, we can't do that these days. If somebody confesses their sin, you know, a lot of times we end up beating them up instead of saying how proud we are of, you know, that they are actually confessing their sin. Because if you're a real son, you really love the truth more than your sin or your deception. And uh, and if you love truth more than deception, you will tell the truth because you want to be totally covered by the Lord. And uh, long story short, you know, that, I didn't see Charlie after that. I didn't. Years went by. I think it was like seven years and uh, <clears throat> maybe even more than that. But uh, by that time, I had moved to Moravian Falls and uh, I wasn't a pastor yet, but I was living there. And uh, I get this phone call at my house. And I, I pick up the phone and I hear this old roughy, roughy voice and, and it was Joe. And he said, Brad, and man, as soon as he said my name, I started weeping. 
because uh, he was a real friend. And uh, I'd missed him. You know, I, I knew I did the truth. I knew the Lord had spoken to me, but you still, if you've deceived your friends, you know, and, and you have something to break, it, it still hurts and you still miss them. And uh, when he said my name, I just started weeping. And uh, he said, Brad, I, he said, I've missed you. I said, I was just crying over the phone. He said, I said, Joe, I've missed you so much. You have no idea how much I've missed you. And of course, he asked me, he said, where am I? And I told him and he said, he said, could you come down to Charlotte? He said, I'm dying. And I need you. <clears throat> I couldn't pack my car fast enough. Uh, I even took my kids because uh, my kids knew him. They loved him. Uh, they were like a, he was like a papa to them. And uh, we drove down there. He lives in this, I don't know how many square feet house he lives in. He's in a man, it was a mansion and his wife opened the door and she was just in tears because she knew me as well. And I, I walked in and said, where's Charlie? And she said, he's in the back and you, you walk in the back and all my kids were, and I'm sorry, somebody, my brother was calling, but the, the whole back of his glass and you can, you can see this golf course and there he was sitting in the chair and uh, I walk in and he just starts weeping and I, man, I start weeping. My kids are weeping and they run over to him and get there before I do. And he, they, one of them jumps in his lap and hugs him and the other one gets around him and hugs him. And, and uh, I just knelt down and just put my head in his lap and just held him. He looked like uh, just shriveled up. You could tell he was dying. He had cancer. And I said, uh, what do you want me to do? Because I wasn't willing to do anything for him. Didn't matter if I, if I had to adopt his wife or whatever, you know, to help, help him with the house or whatever. I, you know, I was going to do it. And, and uh, he said, I, I want you to pray for me. And man, I started crying. And then he said, I want you to know that when you came into my office and I got so mad, it wasn't because you took $60,000 from me. He said, that's a nickel to me. He said, what made me so mad is you mentioned God. I said, what? He said, yeah, it's you mentioned God. He said, because my mother was a grodly woman. And as I got older, I was, uh, I ran from God. I walked away from him and she was always praying for me and always mentioned it to me and it would make me mad. And when you mentioned God, it reminded me of my mother and I just got mad and he, and he was crying. He said, I apologize for doing that to you. And of course I'm crying because now the presence of God's there. And it's like the Lord is telling me, showing me what real truth does. It will build a bridge. And, uh, 
man, I, I just, just overwhelmed after all these years, you know, the Lord, uh, was still building the bridge. He, uh, he had built the bridge between me and him by me telling him the truth. And now it took years to build that bridge back, you know, between me and this, my, one of my good friends. It may take years sometimes, guys. You know, it may take 20, it may take 30. It, you may not even ever see it. But I guarantee you, if you tell, tell the truth, somewhere there's a bridge being built. You don't have to see it. Uh, I just was able to see it. You know, I mean, some of us never, you know, get to see the physical God, but he built a bridge for us. He sent his son, which was the truth, the way and the life. And that bridge, you may not see it, but it's, in, it's, in, it's invisible, but there is a bridge built for us that has connected us to God by him being totally truthful for us and taking on our sins for us confessing for us. I mean, he is a, the high priest for us. This would be Jesus. But anyway, I, I, uh, I said, Charlie, I forgive you. I, I didn't understand why you got mad, but now I know. And, uh, I said, do you want, you want me to pray? He said, yeah, I want to accept God in my life. And uh, that was probably, you know, I've prayed for thousands of people to accept Jesus. But that was a special one. Uh, so I just, I just, I was still kneeling down in his lap and, and I said, uh, well, just pray with me. He said, what do I do? I said, just say what I'm saying. He said, okay. And, uh. I said, God, and he, he repeated it, God, uh, I'm a sinner. And he, he'd say, I'm a sinner. And I accept you in my life. And he'd say it, I accept you in my life. And I said, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And he'd said it because he didn't know how to pray. That's all I said, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And man, God came in that room and we all cried. My kids were crying. Man, it was just the most wonderful time, yet some, somewhat sad because we knew God had brought us down there because God wanted to take him. He didn't want Sheol having him. God wanted to t come and get him. And by me being there and helping him, it was a way God was using us to bring him home. And it wasn't after I left, and there's a lot of things that happened there, but but after me and my children left, it, it wasn't many days, uh, he died. His wife called me and said, you know, that Joe had died. And, and man, I weeped, but I weeped with, with great joy, you know, that I finally uh, got to see my friend. But I realized if I had not confessed the truth, that bridge would have never been built there. It wouldn't have been built between me and him. And there would be a bridge that was a gap between me and the Lord. And it is very important. 
to stay truthful, do your works in the light, not in the darkness. And man, I'm going to tell you what, you will sometimes suffer by telling the truth, but tell it in, in humility and, and get free of some of the things that, that you've held back. There's one thing I know between uh, Susan and I, we tell the truth whether it hurts or not. And there are times where we have had to tell the truth and man, it hurts us, but man, it, it brings us, it, you know, it makes us stronger. Yeah. Will you cry and get upset? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're hearing the truth, but it's also setting us free. The tears that we're crying, you know, will actually be caught and turned, thrown back to us as blessings. And, uh, you got to do that in your life. You can't just be truthful with the Lord. You got to be truthful with one another. If you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy mind and all thy soul and strength, then you got to do the same with each other. And if you're going to walk in the truth with the Lord, you've got to walk in truth with one another. And, uh, and your God has connected you to people that are really close and you have got to be truthful. And you've got to confess your sins. You've got to confess those things you know that you're harboring, you know, that could trip you up in the future. And the Lord's saving our lives by us confessing our sins. And uh, if you know the truth, then, uh, in other words, if you know the things you, you've got hidden that you have not confessed and you've used religiosity, you know, to say, oh, Lord's forgiven me. And, but yet you know in your heart that you've got to confess it. Man, that is the Holy Spirit trying to help save your life. Because it's something that you need to be free of. And uh, it says even confess our faults to one another. But uh, we've got to do that. We've got to get that back in the church. You know, we've got to get that back with our each other. The truth is good. It is not bad. Uh, it's not evil. It is wonderful. And sometimes it's painful, but man, that's, man, that is, I'd much rather take the pain here than to take pain in, in eternity. So listen, if you, if you have this extreme stuff going on, that's taking you out, that's something you can't get free of, and you know that you can get free of it by confessing, just confess it. You'll get free of it. But, uh, and he will build the bridge. Love will build that bridge. And your love to the Lord is much more important than you keeping your stuff in. But, uh, but I learned that the, the hard way. And man, I had to keep, after that, I had to keep doing my list. And, uh, it was tough. But man, the tougher it was, the greater the glory. Greater the love. Greater the bridge between me and the Lord. All right. Well, that was a tough one. But uh, sit down. Ask the Lord if there's a list you need to write. Is there a list of truth that you need to confess? Is there something that you've harbored in your closet that really comes out every now and then and torments you? Do you need to cut something off that's extreme? Well, use extreme measures to get it out. It's awesome. All right. Well, we love you and uh, thanks for tuning in.
sorry I got a little emotional, but uh, sometimes it's, it is emotional walking with the Lord. All right, we love you guys. Thank you guys for uh, sitting in on this thing and keep praying for us. And, and uh, there's a lot of things we're doing behind the scenes and uh, we're even talking about doing an internship here in Myrtle Beach, like a, a school of life. And uh, we're trying to get that up and running. We'll let you know, keep you uh, abreast of it. But uh, keep praying for us if you don't mind. And support us if you can. We sure love you. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye.